Rejoice and be glad in the word of the Lord. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and I welcome you to join us for this edition of Shi'ar Jashub. Coming from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today we will be concluding one of the sermons which my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, preached as part of his series on heavenly authority. It is from the section of 2 Samuel on the return of David to Jerusalem after the victory over his son Absalom. We have seen in this return the hint of division that would come between the northern tribes of Israel and southern Judah as they argue over who has more right to bring David back. And last time we saw the rebellion of Sheba, who drew the men of Israel after him. Pastor Greg was in chapter 20, where Joab and the men of Judah had pursued Sheba to the city of Abel. When they set up a siege mound against the city, a wise woman called out to Joab, asking, Why would you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. And Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I would swallow up or destroy. That is not so. But a man from the mountains of Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri, by name, has raised a hand against the king, against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. So the woman said to Joab, Watch, his head will be thrown to you over the wall. Then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and threw it out to Joab. Then he blew a trumpet, and they withdrew from the city, every man to his tent. So Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. A barbaric time. She's a wise woman. She doesn't want trouble in her city. So she gets the people, and they turn on the rebel. They rebel against the rebel, and they kill Sheba, and that settles the problem. For a time, Israel is reunited. They're one people, only for a time. You have a kingdom restored. David is in Jerusalem. The king is back in Jerusalem. It's one kingdom again. The rebellion is put down of Absalom. The rebellion of Sheba is put down in these barbaric times. But the seed for separation has been planted. And David will water that seed when we study the next time when he numbers the tribes. And then Solomon will feed the ground to make that seed grow when he commits his gross sins against God and the wrath of God is decreed that there will be this separation in the kingdom. And then Solomon's son, Rehoboam, will see that seed come full bloom as he deals in sternness, in sternness and arrogance and stupidity with the northern tribes, and there will be a split. And this division in the kingdom that we'll see as we study in the Heavenly Authority series into northern Israel and southern Judah that will come under Rehoboam, David's grandson. In it, you see a shadow of many similar things that will happen in the Christian church. The splits and the visions that happen over the centuries in Christianity and lessons can be learned from it. In the history that follows, both northern Israel and southern Judah sinned terribly in the sight of the Lord. 
And God's people grow weaker and weaker as they're divided. That's why Satan wants to cause believers to sin. He wants to cause God's people to sin. He wants to be like Sheba. He wants to cause division and break them apart because when you break them apart, they become what? Weak. A house divided against itself cannot stand. If you just quickly go a moment down as we close this up, if you think of a few generations in the future, in 1 Kings chapter 15, you come to Asa. Uh, Asa, unlike the other descendants of David, including Asa's own father, Abijam, Abijam does evil in the sight of the Lord. Abijam is wicked and sins in the sight of the Lord. He's not loyal as David was loyal, the Bible says. But his son Asa is like David. His son Asa uh, did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, verse 11, as did his father, his ancestor, David. And he tries to restore the kingdom. But you read how, in verse 16, now there was war between Asa and Baasha, the king of Israel, all their days. There's this fighting between southern Judah and northern Israel. All the days of David's descendant Asa. They're battling their own people. They're fighting their own people. And Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah that he might let none go out or come into Asa, king of Judah. So he sieges, he besieges Judah. And Asa, it says in verse 18, took all the silver and gold that was left in the treasuries of the house, the temple of the Lord, and the treasuries of the king's house, and delivered them into the hand of his servants. And King Asa sent these servants to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tibrimam, the king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus. And he says, let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father. See, I sent you a present of silver and gold. Come and break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. And Ben-Hadad breaks his allegiance with Israel, northern Israel, and he sides with southern Judah. And Jerusalem is preserved for a time. But Asa, to buy peace... Look at the cost. It costs all the money in the temple, treasury, all the money in the king's house. He has to make an alliance with the enemy, the Syrians, the pagans, to keep from being destroyed by his own people, northern Israel. That's what the vision does. God's people die in war. The treasury, the temple is cleaned out. And the alliance is made with the pagans because of sin in God's house and division among God's people. Paul will tell the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, the apostles go out, they preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and for a time in the book of Acts, there's one church. It's not an organization. It's not the Holy Catholic Church. It's not some Protestant church. It's just the people that are Christians. They believe in God. They love Jesus Christ. And because they love Jesus Christ, they love each other. And then you start to read in 1 Corinthians, division comes in. One starts to say, well, I follow this one. I follow Peter. One says, I follow Paul. They start to brag about who they follow instead of saying, I follow Jesus Christ. And Paul cautions them. He warns them at this time, 
that a seed of division is being planted in the Christian church. He says, he says, now I plead with you. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. Then he goes on to tell them about the, the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. Be one in Jesus Christ. Jesus prays the Father, make them one, Father, even as we are one. As we close today, I ask you the question, aren't you glad that the king whose return we wait for, the king that we wait to come back into Jerusalem, the son of David, the one who will return to Jerusalem dramatically, aren't you glad that he's holier, much, much holier than his ancestor David? You think of the fanfare of David crossing over the Jordan, but David was a man of sin. Can you imagine the rejoicing of the angels when this one, the son of David, comes back, not crossing the Jordan to get back to Jerusalem, but crossing heaven itself? It says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, the word of God, not a sword, a physical sword, his word that he speaks that cuts us to the heart, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepresses of the fiercest and the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. In Revelation 1-7, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. And then the very last words of the Bible. The last two verses of the Bible in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 20 and 21. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. And then John says, Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. King of kings, Lord of lords. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you, Father, that you have given mankind a king greater than Moses, a king greater than David, greater than Solomon, a man that's truly after your own heart, Father, because he never once sinned. And how the world has rejected him, 
But, O oh Father, the glory when he returns to this world. When he comes back, Father, and that trumpet sounds and there's a resurrection of his saints. And he lays his feet back down upon the Mount of Olives. And he walks into Jerusalem to take the throne of David. Father, we thank you for the King of the Jews, the King of kings and Lord of lords you've given us, Jesus Christ, your Son. In his name we pray. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. I know that it is difficult in today's fast-paced world to take time to write, but if you could drop us a postcard, your words of encouragement are most appreciated. Our address is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. That address again is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Sunday service for Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle is held in Madison, Connecticut, at the Madison Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are in the upper room of the yellow and white brick building. May the Lord keep you safe in His blessed hands, as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve Him.